You're listening to the Psalms for Sojourners podcast, in which we look at the Psalms as prayers for God's people on every occasion. We hope it's a blessing to you. Hi, and thanks for listening to another episode of Psalms for Sojourners, a Sojourn Mantras podcast in which we explore the Psalms as prayers for God's people on every occasion. I'm Cole Kirby, uh, the host of this podcast and a pastor at Sojourn Montrose, and this week I had the opportunity to sit down with one of our church planting residents, Raf Peters. Raf is a, a dear friend and a godly brother, and he and D'Amico Bivens, along with their families, are preparing to plant a Sojourn congregation in the Greater Third Ward in Houston, um, which is a, a really exciting uh, prospect. But this week, I, I got to talk to Raf about Psalm 76 and hear uh, some of his his thoughts, his wisdom, um, and, and some of the ways in which he thinks we can apply that psalm uh, to not only just our arsenal of, of what we think and believe about God, but how that should affect the way that we think and respond to some current events uh, that we're walking through as a society and as a church. I found it to be particularly helpful. Uh, I love hearing Raf's perspective in general, and specifically on this podcast, I found it to be uh, just really beneficial and encouraging uh, and enjoyable, and I hope you do too. So thanks for listening. Okay, I'm here with Raf Peters. Um, Raf, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, before we jump in, just take a moment to introduce yourself. Uh, tell the folks who are listening who you are, kind of what your role is within Sojourn, yeah. and uh, maybe a little bit about your family. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Um, like Cole said, my name is Raf Peters. I am the church planning resident, one of them, uh, with Sojourn Houston. Me and D'Amico Bivens, who is the other church planning resident, uh, we will prospectively be planting a church in the OST South Union area, uh, better known as Greater Third Ward, Southeast Houston. Um, and we're excited about being there. Us and our families, along with the sellers, Brandy and Cass, uh, have moved here um, and excited about being a part of the Soldier family. Um, yeah, so a little bit about me, wife, Tierra Peters, kids, can't leave them out, uh, Khalil, Peters, Tierra, not Tierra, Aaliyah, and Zoe. And um, yeah, just uh, a dad also, um, lover of Jesus, lover of family, and um, yeah, just good to be here on this podcast sharing, you know, about the Psalms. Yeah, thanks for having, or thanks for being here. You're not having me, I'm having you. Oh yeah, and I'm, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Raph, a question I like to ask everybody when they're on is um, just to explain a little bit personally yeah. uh, what role the Psalms play in your life as a Christian. Yeah, I think the Psalms are, are really good because I, I feel like I can read the Psalms and connect instantly with just my my life and just the different things that I deal with because there are times when you read the scriptures and you read of these you know great godly men and you know there's just a, a disconnect even though those godly men are men you know right. um, but as you read the psalm you hear some of David's lament you hear some of his praise and it's just the up and down the ebb and flow of life you kind of feel throughout the the psalms and just good to just be reminded too of who God is and I think for me personally as I think about like what we'll talk about today, the majesty of God, uh, the grandeur, his power, 
um, those are things that I need on my mind often as I go through the day by day. So it, it pastors my soul and my heart um, often. And so it's, it's good for me. And those are just some of the ways that the Psalms have kind of been good personally. And I've kind of looked at, you know, them for help and just, uh, you know, just a lot of different things that we normally need uh, as we navigate life, especially as a parent and, you know, all of that. So, yeah, yeah, it's help. It is, <laughs> is there a way in which the Psalms, because they're poetry, yeah, connects with you as someone who writes some poetry? Who's an artist, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a beauty in it. Um, or you see, and I'm just, you know, able to instantly connect to as an artist um, and, you know, has given me inspiration. Um, and so recently, even though Lamentations is its own book, um, there was a song that I recently wrote that actually came as inspiration from reading the Psalms. And so, uh, yeah, I was reading the Psalms one day. Can't tell you which one, just know that it instantly brought, uh, you know, just some inspiration for me to be candid about grief. Um, and it was just a lot of grief. If you live in America, you know what type of grief, you know, uh, somebody like myself could be experiencing. Um, but it was that and just the grief of death, like just just being, you know, brought to just the reality that, you know, um, that death is real and it's dark. Uh, but the beauty is that that's not the end for us. Like we have a savior who has defeated death. And so there's, you know, another lens that I can look toward and the Psalms kind of help with that. Yeah. But yeah, definitely so. Yeah. I, I think that what I find over and over, and I've probably said this over and over on the podcast is, is that the Psalms just give me a voice Yeah. when, and I think give all of God's people a voice, especially in situations where it's hard to find one. Mm. where we're grieving or in despair um, and yet there there is a psalm always that's going <laughs> to speak to that yeah. um, that's helpful yeah uh, so for for today you wanted to talk through uh, Psalm 76 and so uh, before we kind of jump into discussing that would you would you just read that for us yeah Psalm 76 who can stand before God or who can stand before you? To the choir master with stringed instruments, a psalm of Asaph, a song. In Judah, God is known. His name is great in Israel. His abode has been established in Salem, his dwelling place in Zion. There he broke the flashing arrows, the shield, the sword, and the weapons of war. Glorious are you, more majestic than the mountains full of prey. The stout-hearted were stripped of their spoil. They sank into sleep. All the men of war were unable to use their hands. At your rebuke, O God of Jacob, both rider and horse lay stunned. But you, you are to be feared. Who can stand before you when once your anger is aroused? From the heavens you uttered judgment. The earth feared and was still when God arose to establish judgment to save all the humble of heart. Selah, surely... The wrath of man shall praise you. The remnant of wrath you will put on like a belt. Make your vows to the Lord your God and perform them. Let all around him bring gifts to him who is to be feared, who cuts off the spirit of princes, who is to be feared by the kings of the earth. Psalm 76. 
Thank you. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, so this psalm, I mean, you've, you've probably done a little more study into it than I have, but, but right off the bat, it seems to uh, speak to just the, the majestic and powerful and even fearful qualities of God. Uh, but before we kind of jump more specifically into those things, as most of the Psalms, it's kind of seems to be broken up into different stanzas or, yeah. or movements. Uh, you want to just kind of walk us through the thrust of the Psalm and kind of generally uh, what, what it is that Asaph is talking about? Yeah, so when I broke this down, I broke it down in four stanzas, but it's ultimately three. Um, and the three are first, it, it shares about the glory and the majesty of this this God in Zion or Salem or Jerusalem, uh, the God who uh, shows favor toward his people. Uh, then it goes into the second, which is the praise of this victorious God. And so obviously this psalm is one of celebration and singing. And so now it's transitioned into this, this praise. And, and that's verses four through six. And then the last stanza is our response ultimately. So that's seven through 12, where we're responding whether in fear or honor. Um, and uh, that's our response to this great and powerful God. And so that's kind of some of the, the ways that you can kind of dissect that Psalms as you're kind of going through it. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you want to go through it now. Well, one thing, it just seems that it seems like Asaph is responding maybe to something that's specific that's happened. Yeah. Right? Like he's mm -hmm. speaking in the past tense. He broke the flashing arrows, the shield, the sword, the weapons of war. Right. And, and is talking about how, you know, these stout-hearted warriors were stripped of their spoil. And, yeah. and so it's speaking of this victory that God had. Mm -hmm. Um are we to just understand that as as a victory that God gave Israel in battle? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, most definitely. Uh, I think that there was a specific battle uh, that this psalm is actually coming from, which I can't obviously remember the exact one, but I think it's found in Isaiah, if I'm correct. Um, but yeah, so the battle, victorious, and as a result, there's this praise and reality of who God is. Um, that's kind of brought from uh, the the triumph, you know, of God in this battle. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. And Asaph is writing in a time prior to the incarnation of Jesus. Obviously, yeah. And so there's there's this celebration at the beginning that God dwells among His people in mm. Jerusalem or in the temple. Yep. Um, and that He's given this great battle. Uh, victory to the people of Israel, giving them safety. Mm. He's crushed their foes. Um, it, and yet what we've talked about over and over and over again in this podcast is that the, the Psalms are not just this, the Psalm or song or poem of the author yeah. who wrote it, but they're also the Psalms of Christ us, yeah. and about Christ. Yeah. And so we're like, how does, how does that narrative play into our understanding of of reading the Psalms in light of Jesus. Yeah, I think whenever we think about the power of God, we see it most supremely seen through Christ, uh, through his defeat of death, yeah. uh, what, what seemed undefeatable, 
right? Um, God was able to defeat through Jesus. And um, as a result, there's uh, triumph, there's rejoicing that we can have as the people of God because death no longer has a sting, mm. uh, because Christ has defeated death itself. What seemed to be the most darkest thing uh, in existence, um, God has shown his light into and brought hope. And so we can be hopeful in this powerful God who has defeated death. And, and I think that that ultimately, definitely shines a laser light on Jesus Christ. And so uh, we can look to Christ and his life, his, the, the perfection that he lived, the power that he had over temptation, um, and, and even you know the, 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 the utterly ugly death uh, of the crucifixion, but then the beautiful resurrection and uh, his ascension and ultimately him. It, it's, it's interesting because now we know that Jesus is uh, risen and he's alive. And, um, and there's this reality of him um, just kind of uh, looking over in a sense, uh, as if like the, the language here, as, as Asaph is explaining who God is, there's this imagery of a lion uh, who is ultimately showing his power and presence and crouching, like in a sense, over his prey. And there's this power and authority that he has that Christ has, um, who now sits at the right hand of the Father. Yeah. And so there's a lot of those realities and, and things that we can definitely uh, connect and link to Jesus. Sure, yeah. I mean, even the, yeah, I guess that it's his abode has been established in Salem. Yeah. Like this, it's almost it's almost the language of a lion's lair. Mm. Um, and, and yet now we know Christ to be revealed as the lion of Judah. Come on now. And, That's it. Yeah. And, and there's this, this really interesting imagery all throughout this Psalm where God is presented almost as this ultimate warrior, right? Yeah. Like he is, mm. he is the great king or general who leads his people in victorious procession in battle. Yeah. Um, and yet you're saying that, that the victory that has been won was won not through like mm. this victorious warrior, but through yeah. this meek servant yeah. in Jesus and in mm. him dying rather than killing. Yeah. Um, but there's another reality in which we await yeah. something to come in Christ in which mm. revelation is clear, right? That Jesus right. will return riding on a horse as a, as a great warrior mm. um, to finally uh, to finally put to death death for good and sin right. and wickedness and oppression. But, but with that, there's this language that, that really makes me think we should be really afraid of God. Most definitely. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, in this psalm, uh, as it's explaining God, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, really anywhere throughout this where even if you're thinking about verse three, right? Where it says, there he broke the flashing arrows, the shield, the sword, and the weapons of war. And it goes on, glorious are you, more majestic than the mountains full of prey. Um, the stout-hearted, here again, where there's this fear, were stripped of their spoil. They sank into sleep. All the men of war were unable to use their hand. Like you've got this powerful God that no matter what you do, uh, you will be consumed. Like there's nothing that you can do to defeat this God. Um, and uh, yeah, that should fill you with awe in one aspect. 
Um, but if you are the enemy of this God, uh, that should fill you with fear and not in a sense of awe, but in a sense of like, like terror. he will utterly destroy us. Um, yeah, terror is the best way to, to put it. And so, yeah, there's definitely that that fear that's placed there. So there's awe for the believer and then there's like terror for the, the non-believer, the enemy against God's people. So, yeah, it beautifully conveys both both realities. Yeah, like in verse 7, it says, But you, you are to be feared. You are to be feared. Who yeah. can stand before you? And yeah. and it, we both read kind of in these notes on the psalm that that in the Hebrew, that but you, you are to be feared. There's that that repeating line of you. It's It's almost... In like the King James would say, "Thou art terrible, thou art." Right. Right. Like yeah, you are, mm. you are, an object of fear. Like yeah. uh, this ultimate warrior who we can't overcome. Um, and, and so, so who has comfort in light of this song? Yeah, yeah, those that are friends of God, <laughs> those that are children of God. Um, there's definitely comfort. And I think that there could also be comfort for those that are far from God, uh, who the Lord is desiring to bring near or who may be far from God today and hear that. Um, I think that, you know, that will draw a response, honestly. Um, so yeah, I think that for us, that that's something for believers in Jesus we can be comforted in, and we can be comforted in within many things. And I don't know if you want to go there, but we talked about some of the things that, you know, for a person, you know, reading this and, you know, maybe experiencing the current climate in a way that, you know, they personally connect with. So for an African-American who, you know, has seen racism throughout the history of America and, you know, is continuing to see it throughout a lot of situations that are happening in America, um, we can look at the God who is powerful even over racist or racism and to know that those who oppose God have uh, an end. There's destruction. There is, for one, God is going to deal with racism. And then for two, God is going to deal with those that oppose his glory, that oppose him. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot for us to see and have comfort in as well as, um, you know, for those that are just struggling, whether it be with sin, they can see a powerful God and find comfort in the God who uh, defeated sin. Uh, you know, the temptations or the urges or, or whatever it is that someone may feel as they're fighting sin, they can have hope in a powerful God. So, yeah, I think there's comfort there. and. and, and Many other places too, but those are the first two that kind of come to mind for me. Yeah, I, I think those are really excellent examples. I, it, it seems that really all throughout kind of the biblical language, but especially in this psalm, um, those who consider themselves strong, the stout-hearted, yeah. right? Yeah. Like th- those who who find glory or power or a claim in themselves. Mm, yeah. They're the ones who should be really afraid of this God. Right, yeah. Those who take advantage of others are the ones who should be really afraid of this God. Yeah. But then it says in verse 9, when God arose to establish judgment to save all the humble of the, the humble. earth. Come on, yeah. Right, like, and you're just, you were saying that 
the friends of God or the children of God don't need to fear him, right? Yeah. Like they can find comfort. Exactly. And to be a friend of God is to be humble mm. because yeah. it's saying, I, I need you. Yeah. I need you to fight my battles for me. I, mm. I desperately need the forgiveness offered in Jesus. Yeah. I desperately need the victory over death mm. found in the resurrection. Um, and so, yeah, we were talking before recording, especially about how this speaks to uh, the the current and ongoing conversation, and and for many Americans, which what's much more than a conversation regarding racism. Yeah, uh, I say conversation as a white person because in many ways it just feels like a conversation to yeah. be had, yeah. an important one. Yeah, in which I'm often learning, but but there's a reality in. in especially as we look at the death and destruction that racism has recently yeah. repped in our, uh, reaped in our society that, that man, there's real oppression. Yeah. Um, mm. and there are really stout hearted people right. who, right. who are causing damage and destruction. And so, so talk me through how this psalm yeah. helps shape your perspective yeah. in light of those things and, and how it comforts, yeah. if it does, and, yeah, yeah. and maybe it doesn't. Yeah, I think that's, that's good. I'm glad you said that because one thing that we were talking about before was you know, how we can look at this passage and you, know, you look at it and you're like, okay, this speaks to me as I think about racism and racist. And I can, you know, be able to point to them and say, you know, that your end is coming. Yeah. Um, and that can be full of comfort. Um, and for me, I can look at this passage and, and have hope. Um, but, you know, as a believer, that's sometimes the friction that we have is that there's hope to be received now and then there's hope to come later. And sometimes that hope to come later for me is harder to, to grasp and find comfort in because it's like, I want hope now. I want comfort now. I want God to deal with racism and racist now. Um, and, and to some aspect, he is. Uh, but to the full reality of that, you know, it's to come. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think that one example that you gave that was great, if I can express it, uh, was just the reality of um, really this verse um, that we hadn't read yet, but verse 10 Surely the wrath of man shall praise you, the remnant of wrath you will put on like a belt. And that remnant of wrath that you'll put on like a belt, you, you, you alluded to like a champion's belt uh, in boxing. And uh, I was telling Cole that as he was expressing that and explaining that, um, like, hey, look, I am victorious. Um, I've defeated, I've you know, obviously defeated this person who was in opposition to me. And um, I reign victorious, and here's my belt to show. Like, like that really brought hope to me. And I'm like, wow, I've never really looked at it in that way. And then we even went as far as to say, you know, when a boxer is coming into the ring, and, you know, if he's won the heavyweight championship, he's got his belt as he's walking into the ring, and you've got the music, and he's got his entourage, and his entourage is just happy to be with him. You know, and yeah. to be because they have their connected. champion. They have their champion, right? And um, it's like, look who we have fighting our battles. 
And I think that this passage speaks to that. Like, as I look to the racism, I'm able to say, look who I have fighting my battle in terms of the realities that I see. I can find hope in that powerful God. Mm. Um, what is racism to God? And uh, we, we even talked about this with the passage in Romans 8, uh, where it ultimately is like, hey, if God is for me, who can be against me? I think that was the passage. Yeah. It might be something else. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think that it fills you with this, not even confidence, I'd like to say swagger mm. um, that you have, where it's like, man, this ain't nothing. Like, this is water under the bridge. Yeah. Uh, I've got a God who defeated death, you know, and, and yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I am able to find comfort there, um, even if, you know, it's something that I haven't fully seen. Um, but that is, that is a, you know, the fight. And I think, you know, we even alluded to this earlier as we were talking about waiting on the Lord. You know, waiting on the Lord is not just something that, you know, we, we do for ourselves, but like this future reality, like knowing that God is coming to consume evil. Um, and so there's that, that, that we can be mindful of and thoughtful of, and it can, it can fill us in hope here and now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I completely answered that, I, but. I, well, I think that's, I think that's really good and yeah. really helpful. I, I think there's this, and this psalm provides helpful language where there's, in, in our moment right now in 2020, um, you, you mentioned this earlier, and apparently this is common language that I wasn't aware of, <laughs> that we're, like, we're living through two pandemics. Yeah. Right? But just one pandemic is a big, ugly enemy. That's enough, yeah. Right? Like, where, where if we're going to go back to the boxing analogy... Like if I walk into the arena and I see one pandemic in the ring, yeah. Like I'm not getting in there against that thing. Right. Like it's going right. to it's going to take me for a ride. Yeah. I won't make it one round. Mm. Um and and so whether it is whether it is the just the ravaging virus, um whether it is all of the social and emotional consequences of us having to stay home and be separated and, mm. and people losing their jobs or whether it's this mass social movement in response to this big ugly enemy mm. in racism yeah um but I, I think we have so many neighbors and friends and and, and just people around us especially who aren't christians who who all they do is either they see those things and they think, man, I'm hopeless, mm. right? I've got nothing. Mm -hmm. I can't fix it. The problem is too big. I can't fix it. Yeah. I can't do anything that would even make a dent. Mm -hmm. um, and or, or we have overly optimistic neighbors who think, like, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to strategize and make a plan and I'm going to fix a problem, you know, right. or be a real, be part of a real change. Yeah. And, and that's that's not inherently bad, um, but ultimately, like the enemies against us are too big. Yeah. Um, but this is saying, like, but we have the champion mm -hmm. who's wearing the champion belt. Like, we have the one who, okay, I can actually, I can go up against those things, not just in the future. Yeah. When every when racists get theirs, yeah. right? Which we talked about, like, like. Like I find comfort as someone who loves justice, um, knowing, like, okay, those who work evil, 
those who hate people, yeah. those who do senseless acts of violence, like they may win right now, but like they are going to get theirs. Yeah. As Johnny Cash says, sooner or later, God's going to cut you down. <laughs> and it's like, it's yeah. true. Like that's what the psalm is saying is his, yeah. his vengeance, his wrath is coming. Mm. You can count on it. And I find comfort in that. Yeah. But, but I can also go to battle against those things right now. Yeah. Why? Because I've got the one wearing the champion's belt on my yeah. side. Yeah. And so I can, I can meaningfully engage in, in a real cause for justice, mm-hmm. not because I have the best strategy right. or because I have maybe the most influential friend group or whatever it is, but because the king of the universe yeah. hates what I hate. Right. And yeah. he's going to fight with me. Mm. Yeah, that's that's so good because that was initial thought too when I heard strategize because that's kind of the thing now, right? Like game plan, strategize, uh, you know, begin to take these action steps to begin to see, you know, this change happen or ultimately, you know, racism to be obliterated. And it's like, no, like that isn't quite the answer, you know? And so, you know, what you're saying, like, you know, we, we have the answer and we can plan and strategize from a different standpoint from a different vantage point of saying, hey, we don't think that these things are the total answer, but we can do these things because God is on our side. Yeah. And um, yeah, th- th- this is going to be the ultimate resolve. And I think, you know, that's something that Christians and believers typically, you know, have a, a skewed view on. It's just like, oh, well, you know, Jesus, it's just kind of like this light response. Like Jesus is the answer. No, what does that mean for Jesus to be the answer? Uh, it means that, you know, he hates racism and is going to deal with racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just he hates racism or, you know, Jesus loves, you know, just that that type of language that people use. I don't think that that full reality is always kind of in the play when people make those comments. But this is the reality here uh, that we see in Psalm 76 and uh, definitely hopeful. Yeah. And I th- I think that that brings us to a place where we can kind of focus on how the psalm begins and how it ends. Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. in many ways, there, there's something similar there. It begins with with this recognition that that God has made himself known. Yeah. And he's made himself known by dwelling with his people. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and as the church, we have confidence because God has made himself known in the person and work of Jesus and has given us the spirit to know him deeply. Amen. Um, and so that gives us confidence, right? Yeah. Because like, it is here where God has made himself known. And then it, the psalm ends by, by saying, and, and this is the kind of God he is. Yeah. He's terrifying. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got wrath for those who do who do violence. He's got vengeance for those who oppress his people. Um, but for his friends, there is salvation. Mm. And so the response is, so make your vows to the Lord, your God and perform them. Let all around him bring gifts to him who is to be feared, who cuts off the spirit of princes, who Mm. is to be feared by the Kings of the earth. And, And so the response to this God who is terrifying, is is not that we run away, but that we humbly come to him and give him all that we have. Yeah. And so what does that look like? Like, yeah. how do we actually do that? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, 
as I think about that, there's there's obvious that there's lip service that we give to the Lord, right? God, you're everything. God, you're awesome. God, we give our lot. But then there's this actual transaction exchange uh, where we allow God to to lead our lives. We submit to His authority. Um, we you know look to Him for hope. We look to Him for salvation. We look to Him for strength. And so I think that that's definitely the the great exchange there for us as believers, as those who, you know, consider ourselves children of God or people of God. Like our lives are totally under His authority. And um, yeah, I think that that's that's the way that it looks. And even to add add a comment that may not be quite what you're looking for, but as we <laughs> were talking about the boxing um, and the the you know the championship belt. You know, as I see that, you know, it's more reason, the, the reason why I want to tell people about this champion. I want to talk about this champion. I want to, you know, put this champion in positions to fight for me. Um, kind of earlier, too, you alluded to, hey, like, you know, my dad will beat you up type of thing. It's like my dad is bigger and badder and will yeah, handle all of my problems. argument. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that, you know, when we look at life in that way and we deal with, just the different complexities and situations and, and we surrender it to God and, you know, ultimately make an exchange and to say, Father, like, you know, I, you are all powerful, you know, and uh, you are God and you are my God. So you're not just God, but you are my God and I'm going to surrender my life over. But yeah, that's that's one way that I kind of see that for us, you know, just generally speaking um, for, for believers. Yeah, I, I think that kind of the character of God as presented in this psalm, we could be tempted uh, to think of him kind of like, like I, I don't know, some sort of bigwig criminal who's like, <laughs> yeah. who's like rolling through the city and says, like, either you, you pay me yeah. and I'll protect you yeah. or you get crushed. Yeah, <laughs> like that's, but that's not that's what's not, going on yeah. here. I right. think we could be tempted to think that no, for that sure. like God for is sure. just like mobster yeah. who's just like, all right, well you like you pay me, you offer your lip service to me, you call yeah. me your king, and I won't crush you. Right. right. Um, but really, that that's why that's why the psalmist starts with this idea that it's God good. has made Himself known. Yeah. Like as a friend to His people. It's good. Yeah. Um, and that it's not, it's not if you oppose me, I crush you. Yeah. Um, because you oppose me. It's not this like, it's not that God is lacks self-confidence, right? right and right. needs everybody to praise him. But he knows that it's good for people to yeah. know him and to praise him. And so he's made mm. himself known. Yeah. And that we can be his friend. We yeah. can be part of his family. And... And he will utterly protect us yeah. and save us and fight our battles for us. Yeah. And it's not just because we're like paying the right tax, right? But it's because we're his children. That's, that's you know, so like good. Yeah. dads protect their children in a way that mm. that no, you know, schoolyard bully protects those who give them their lunch money, yeah. right? Like that's not who God is. God's the loving Father who protects his children. That's so good. Um, man. I think too, like. You know, it shows that he doesn't lack mercy. Mm. Um, and you could be tempted to believe in this passage that he lacked. It's like, why would you do all of that to you? Like, where's the mercy at? And I think for us reading this passage, that's mercy enough that we can read that of God and be able to respond and um, 
to see that he's allowed us the opportunity to 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 see the truth of who he is and the reality of you know not following him and be able to respond in a way that you know allows us to um, sit under this and be on the humble side uh, and be on the salvation side uh, of it. Um, So I think that that's a a grace of God to be able, again, to reveal himself so he's known, (laughs) you know. Uh, So, yeah, Uh, it's it's just a a hope-filled passage, full of hope, um, that I think that we can all get no matter who we are, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Well, to to finish, uh, one of the things we were talking about uh, earlier this afternoon was was how this psalm seems to to call us in in some ways to wait upon the Lord. Um, and we talked about how how a lot of times we're waiting on the Lord to to free us from something. Yeah. And and yet there's another way in which we can wait upon the Lord um, to do justice. Right. And so you want to talk about kind of both of those things and maybe for you personally, um, kind of what those two things look like for you. Yeah. Um, So the first is waiting on the Lord for like anxiety or, you know, stress or, you know, power over sin or whatever it may be. Um, You know, I think that you can look at that and say, look at my God. You can look at whatever that is that you're dealing with personally and say, my God is greater. Um, But then you also know that that God is coming to to completely bring justice to, you know, the things that are unjust that we experience in this life. And um, we're waiting on that reality. But we can be confident in knowing that that's not some fantasy. Mm. That's reality. And here's how we know it's reality as we look at Psalm 76. And so I think that there, there is dual there for us to, to see it for the here, uh, here and now, and then also for the future, that there's hope to be found in, in both sake, both cases. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, for me personally too, uh, that's kind of, that's kind of where, I, where I find myself. I find myself often feeling weak and incapable and powerless, um, but I'm able to look at this line of Judah uh, who has conquered death, hell, and the grave, and and be filled with with those the, the confidence that I need in the moment, um, and even when I don't feel confident, I think that the more I'm presented with this truth and I meditate on this truth and this reality of who God is, I think it begins to change my perspective more and more. Um, and so, you know, sometimes you don't feel it all the time. The emotion is not there. The truth is there, and you have continue to to feed the truth into your life and into your heart and i think the lord begins to meet us in in those moments and there's more of this reality of god in our lives the more we're presented with the word of god in our lives Um, Mm -hmm. so so yeah so that personally is how i look at it and even with the future hope i think the same thing i I mean i I feel like i'm being redundant a bit but uh (laughs) is redundant the word repetitive feel like there's some repetition there but the repetition is good yeah um because i think that that's what we need um and that's what we so often we we quickly forget we can be shaken by the current and and feel as if our world is in chaos and all hell is going to break loose 
But I think that when we're reminded of Psalm 76. All heaven is going to break loose. All heaven is going to break loose. Come on. Yeah. Now. And God is, is here with us. And um, yeah, heaven. Come on. That's, that's it. That's it. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll experience that uh, in a real way, in a real sense. Mm. And so we can be filled with hope. Yeah. That, it gives me hope. And it also just makes me think what a, what a, a message for our neighbors in, yeah. in this time. Yeah. That, that that what is happening in the world is not the birth pangs of all hell breaking loose, but all heaven breaking loose. Mm. That like God is He's on the move. He's gonna do justice. Yeah. But He's also He's also going to offer just overwhelming amounts of mercy to those who yeah. would come to Him. Um mm. yeah. and and in a world where where we see just kind of on every side um, finger pointing uh, <laughs> and and blame shifting and and desire for justice yeah um, kind of whatever side of any argument you're on like there's just this desire that like but they need yeah they need to be punished they need justice mm. um, and to be able to say like it is coming. Yeah. And it's not going to be any counterfeit version of justice. It's going to be the real thing. That's, yeah. I, you know, it's funny because as we're talking and as you as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking that there's going to be so, something so much better than, you know, uh, racism being dealt with even. You know, I, I don't, let's not end it there. Mm. You know, let's let's continue the conversation uh, because if if it's just racism that is going to be dealt with, then that's not as good as what's what's coming, what's yeah. real. And so there's something better that we have to receive that you know this can fill us with hope. Like God is coming to deal with it all, yeah. <laughs> point blank, period. And it's like racism is is a, a part of that, but not the only thing. Yeah. Um, and that's what's beautiful and hope filled is that you know every tear. Uh, will be dry. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. just the reality of, of what that means of, of Christ coming um, should change a lot of how we view, you know, this life. Yeah. Yeah. That he has come to dwell with us mm. and that he will return yeah. for everlasting glory. Yeah. Um, and that is good news mm. for any who trust him. And it's really bad news for those who don't. Mm-hmm. And so we need to we need to offer our vows, send up our smoke signals <laughs> in such a way that our neighbors know. Yeah. yeah. Like mm. he's the one. Yeah. Right? Like there's there's lots of people walking around wearing champion belts. Right. You know? Um but but there is only one king of the universe. And and he's the one our our neighbors need. King of kings. Yeah. King of Kings, and oh, I think, man, yeah. what a what a good message for uh, entering into an election cycle, mm, yeah. um, where everybody's kind of kowtowing behind their candidate as as he's going to be the answer for me and my people. Yeah, right. Like yeah. whether it's Biden or Trump, like right. he's going to be it for me and my people, and like, man, that's a small dream. Right. That's right. a small hope. Mm. Um, there's something so much bigger. Hey, everybody should do like me and, and vote for Jesus. <laughs> 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 Write him in. Write him in.
No, I'm joking, y'all. The next time we'll have y'all, we'll do it. Just, just politics, Ralph. <laughs> I got you covered. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, brother. It was good.